Hey everyone, thank you for joining the Boys Under Pressure podcast. I'm your host as always, Eric Rodriguez. Today we have a very exciting guest. We're going to get real deep on some couple topics here, so stay tuned. Once again, thank you all for joining the Poise Under Pressure podcast. I'm your host, as always, Eric Rodriguez. Now, today we have a very, very special guest. She's a surfer, a fishing guide, huntress, photographer, and most importantly, a mother. Now, there's not many people that I meet that I can consider that are just as busy as myself in multiple projects in different fields. And I think this guest is one of those people. So it's my pleasure to introduce the multi-talented Casey Burns. Casey, how's it going? Hey, it's going good. Thanks for that. Yeah, of course, man. I feel really good. <laughs> yeah, because I was like, oh, man, I, I, like a while back, I had caught some of the content you're, that you were doing. I was like, man, this lady is doing a lot of stuff. And it was re- really uh, eye-catching to me, and I thought it was really cool and inspiring as well. And one of the things <laughs> that we kind of talked about earlier today that caught my attention as well was the fact that how crazy the weather has been today and you were actually out there surfing. Yeah. It was like the best day we've had uh, in a couple of weeks though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. You don't know until you go and the conditions were just good. And there were a lot of people out there enjoying. It. And uh, I, my daughter went out with me and it was just, you know, one of those days that we, up and we say man i'm glad we went (laughs) it was super right on man right on so casey if you don't mind can you give us a quick you know bio background on yourself for the listeners out there sure um that's a i feel like that would be a lot to unpack uh if if i wanted to get into detail but something kind of uh you know uh generic um i am a mom i am a single mom to a 16 year old girl uh and we live out in rockport i've been a charter boat captain for the last six years and i love that i i run fly fishing charters um i used to do it full time and now i've moved to part time me to kind of have a little bit more stability, less um, up and down with uh, the lag between busy seasons. So I also manage a marina here in Rockport called Bowman's. Oh, nice. Um, And then all of the cool stuff that I do on the side, I dabble in a little bit of photography, which I picked up a few years ago. Um, and, uh, yeah, I love to fish. I love hunting. I love travel, surfing, all of it. Uh, so here I am. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's nice. So and I just... would tell you my age, but well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not there yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no worries. No worries. So let's just dive right into it. As I always say, so first question, who is your hero and inspiration? Oh, that's easy. So there's this woman, her name is Lorian Murphy, and she is a fly fishing woman, and she owns a fly fishing lodge down in Belize mm-hmm. called Real Women Fly Fishing. And uh, I heard about her story several years ago, 
And, you know, growing up, I never really had heroes. Uh, it, I, I don't know. I keep explain because uh, I, I feel like I was in a pretty normal lifestyle at, or a normal childhood at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't until I got older that I, oh my gosh, my life was really different than a lot of people. Uh, I think majority of people mm-hmm. uh, that I run into, but so I heard this woman's story and so she was this traveling nurse, but she loved to fly fish. And I mean, I'm not trying to put her business out there, but it wasn't in your, she had been married several times and she just like, she was on the journey, you know, she didn't know what she wanted. And, um, so when she figured that out, she's like, I'm a, I want to fly fish. And so she decided she'd just unpack everything and move to Belize and start this fly fishing lodge. And I just thought, what, this woman is the most empowering woman. She's living by her own terms, her own role, eating the life that she wants for herself. And she's doing it in a way where she's able to build an income around that. And that has been entire goal, uh, you know, once, once I got to a point of realizing like, you know, what is the importance of life to me? Mm -hmm. I realized building my lifestyle business around my lifestyle is what is more important than building, you know, trying to have a lifestyle around business. And so she's been my, all-time inspiration she is my hero i've gotten to meet her and hang out with her i just think she i think the world of her i think she's just the coolest ever so there it is my hero lorian murphy <laughs> right on i'm gonna have to yeah give her a yeah, google search when i get done definitely read her art the article i think new york times did yeah. an article about her and she's just she's just incredible and, you know, that was very well said, too, on your part. And that's kind of what I always explain to people as well about success. I was like, I think success is different for everyone, man. It's really about are you doing what you love and you're making a living from it? In my opinion, that's very successful because a lot of people do not get to do that. So. Right. Yeah. Right. On. Yeah. So I guess that leads me to my next question, which is what are your habits for success in accomplishing your goals? Uh, boundaries. So Ooh, that okay. is, that is probably my only, uh, my only thing because I feel like, uh, if I allow my boundaries to be compromised by, you know, myself or outside, uh, things, then I mean, I'm, I just have, there's just no chance of, of going where I want to go with whatever it is I'm doing. So, um, and, and boundaries in, in a lot of different ways, like boundaries with myself, boundaries, peers, coworkers, you know, clients, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I have, I have certain things that are non-negotiable. Uh, one of those things is to ever work a job or to ever find myself in a situation where I'm wishing that I was doing something else. And, uh, I have not in some time, um, you know, I, I can't, 
for me personally. And, and that might come across as like, that's like, well, good for you, you know, and you hear that saying all the time where people go, you know, must be, uh, must be nice, you know, right, 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 right. and mm-hmm. it's like, must be nice. What? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, yeah, it is really nice actually, uh, that I, you know, I set these boundaries for myself and, and I created this life for myself and it works for me. And, and this is, this is my comfort zone. Um, and, and when I start dabbling in things or taking on things that pull me away from the things that keep fully and spiritually sound, mm-hmm. I start finding myself unhappy, not practicing my healthy habits, not as physically capable, not as mentally capable, and I just feel drained. And and then I I, I go back. It's like that revolving door. Uh, mm. and life that took me forever to get to this point, right? Like mm-hmm. here it is, right? Like thirty six years old, <laughs> and uh, finally at a place where I'm like, this is exactly where I want to be. I might not be here forever, but I know that it's attainable. And if I can, if I can maintain this with boundaries, then that's success to me. And, uh, and, and being, and being nourished from surfing a bunch or being nourished with travel and having the ability to do that or time to spend with my daughter at the skate park, like, and not have to worry about, oh, I have to be here. I have to be here. You know, I'm too, I can't. That to me is, is not a life of not success for me personally. Mm -hmm. Now Mm -hmm. we don't have a lot, you know, I mean, I've got a boat and we got a house and and we got to pay bills and we have dreams, you know, like if I could, if I could sell my car and get an adventure van, I would, you know? Um, Oh yeah. Heck yeah. And so, and so there's always that un, I'm, there's that little part of unsatis- being unsatisfied. Like it's never enough. I always want more, right? But that's what I'm going and, and I'm going to get to that point eventually, you know? But I know now that I'm not going backwards from where I'm at here, which is by setting these boundaries of like, this is, this is not allowed in my life. Right. Only this is. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, yeah, man. That was actually... All right, cool. That was actually pretty damn beautiful. I'm not going to lie because, ah. <laughs> because I've never, I've interviewed a lot of people on here. Um, well, not a lot. I probably like, I think you're like the ninth person, but every time I ask that question, somebody has a little bit something different or something similar. I've never heard boundaries before. And it's something that you think everybody would think about. And I don't even think about that. So you just kind of opened me up to that as well. And I was like, wow, I've never, that's actually a really good habit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and it wasn't something that I was like, oh, boundaries, you know, it's something that I was learned. It it took a lot of, it took several times of being on a healthy habit, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. eating healthy, being physically healthy, taking care of my mind, taking care of my body, and then falling off of that because I allowed myself to you know, I crossed that boundary of, you know, well, oh, I'm just going to go eat, you know, I'm going to go get fast food or I'm going to eat a burger or I'm going to go hang out with this person that may not have habits that align. Right. And uh, that's no, nothing against that person. It's just, 
like these, these are personal boundaries that I have to, uh, I have to maintain or for my own personal health and mental health and all of it. So yeah, I, that's, I, to me, that's more important than like money or, you know, anything else. Yeah. Yeah. You can have that. Like you said, those boundaries that help out the self-discipline in your life also. And I, yeah, I, I'm hundred percent all about that. So th- appreciate, thank you for sharing that with us. Sure. It's really, really enlightening. It was really cool. Which leads me to my next question. We go, we're going to go a little deep here. Okay. That's so, okay. Here we go. Here we go. What was one point in your life where you faced some sort of adversity, whether that was just like in your personal life and business, whatever it was, and what did you learn from it? Oh, this is easy. Uh, <laughs> I only say that because I'm going through it right now. Like I'm okay. in the mud. You know okay. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to drag this out to be this long story, right? I'm going to, it's going to sound kind of dry and brash, uh, but there is, I can add to your question. Okay. Um, so back to the beginning of this, when I had mentioned, you know, I thought I had been raised in a normal family until, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just, well, it's recently that I found out that, uh, not so much. Um, so I was raised middle-class, uh, two parents much. I had a brother and two grandparents and some distant cousins, but it was really just the immediate family with, right? Uh, okay. And, uh, and so I grew up in the country, like I played with rocks as a kid, my best friend, Mikey would come over and like stay the night and we pay play cops and robbers. And I grew up in a log cabin on this two acres outside of San Antonio. Like, so there really wasn't like a whole lot to do. And then we didn't have like cell phones or internet at that time. So (laughs) I grew up in a real kind of like free range, you know, don't hurt yourself. Uh, but see you later kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, you know, my parents would drop me off down here. My grandparents live here lives. And, uh, and then so I grew up in the summers at the beach. And so this is all very normal, right? But, but I grew up in a, in a family affection between my parents like even looking back now I never saw my parents kiss I never saw them hold hands or anything like that and Mm -hmm. I thought that that was normal right and it wasn't until therapy when I started unpacking all of this stuff and starting to kind of notice like these uh I don't know what's the trend now red flags (laughs) (laughs) about like my childhood and what was happening and what I was growing up with, because I mean, this was the way that my brain is being wired as I'm, mm-hmm. as I'm being raised, you know, and, and I didn't have bad parents, uh, by any means. Uh, and I think they both loved and cared for me very much, but, uh, so anyways, uh, both of my parents have passed. My mom passed away when I was very young, uh, just in my teens. And then my father uh, passed away in 2020. Uh, he battled cancer for several years. Oh, man, sorry um, about that. And my brother's estranged. We don't, we don't speak. So, uh, and then I had my grandparents who were, who were the last ones left. And then my grandma passed away. And then it's just my grandfather. 
Um, and, and he was a very difficult man, you know, just never pleased, hated my tattoos. He was just very old fashioned, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, you know, he's, he's going to go soon and which he did. He passed away, uh, last September. Um, and, and, and so I thought, well, I have no other family. Like it's just me and my daughter at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want to do a 23 and me and I'm gonna find some more relatives because I, there's nothing weirder and more lonely than being in a world where you don't have any family. And, and that's strange to say because I never thought I would be in a world without family. Yeah. And, and, and you don't realize it. You can think it before you lose your family. You think, oh man, it's going to be weird living with a family. But what the feeling actually is that I'm experiencing is, is like a lot of grief and a lot of loneliness and, and, you know, not having somebody to call and check on you or not mm-hmm. having a family member to, you know, if you go broke or, you know, Emergency where I, I don't, or something. Yeah. yeah, like I don't have a choice in this world right now. Like it's me and my daughter, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and, and I don't, I don't have that or I didn't have that, uh, that security, that feeling of I'm, I'm safe. I have my pack, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I did this 23 and me got my results back. Didn't recognize anyone, uh, ended up contacting my mother, one of my mother's sisters, and she dropped the bomb and was like, Hey, it wasn't ever my secret to tell, but your father was not your father. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah. I mean, 30, 36 years of thinking that my dad was my dad, uh, and being raised and told, you know, all these things. Well, turns out my dad didn't know either. <laughs> Just my mom knew. Okay, uh, okay. and, and then, uh, my bio dad didn't know either. And so, I, long story short, I ended up finding my bio dad, right? And he, we just met each other for the first time in December. And, um, so, so here I am, right. This is all really confusing. I'm in a, I'm still kind of in a place of denial. Do I owe anybody anything? I feel a little bit of hatred, right? Yeah, it's uh, a ton of emotions. Yeah, I feel, you know, um, kind of lo- a little lost on the the whole thing, my whole family life, you know? And then my, my, my past, too, you know? I think about my entire life, like, flashing before my eyes, and I know that sounds cliche, but when I think about it and I think about all these little bitty things that I grew up with that I thought were normal that have kind of shaped me into who I, uh, they were, they were not normal. (laughs) Uh, and there were signs everywhere, um, about, you know, who I came from, where I came from, but there was this disconnect between, my father and my father's side of the family that was so unexplainable. And I could never understand why they didn't like me. I could never understand why my grandfather would always say, you know, you're just like your mother or, 
you know, just something ugly um, that made me feel so unwanted and so unloved um, as a, as a grandchild, you know? Yeah, of course. And so there was this adversity that I was being faced with that I never understood because there, you can feel the blood connection. You really can. I can. Um, when I met my bio dad, like I, I could, I knew, and you know, he's a fisherman. I grew up in a family of, I grew up in a family of no fishermen. They couldn't understand it. They're like, why does Casey like to fish so much? Like (laughs) we don't get it. Why does she want to be on the water? Well, when I met my bio dad, he, his name is Dale. He's a wonderful man. Mm -hmm. He loves to fish and he still fishes. Uh, he likes to go offshore. He likes to do all kinds of fishing. And so it made sense, right? Like, okay, well, maybe this is why I like the fishing. Maybe, but, you know, but so, so my whole life has really been an ex of adversity with my family. And now that I'm without in some way, right? The family that I was raised with. Right, right. I feel I feel sad and lonely, but I also feel empowered, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I I feel that betrayal and I feel like there's the explanation, right, for for not feeling wanted by my cousins and my family members. Um, because they always knew something was up with me and I don't look anything like my dad, you know, the man that <laughs> yeah. raised me like, hello, maybe everyone else knew, but me, you know, uh, just didn't say anything or like, oh, there's no way she could be from him. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so, so this is the first time in my life where I'm not experiencing adversity. I feel like, and I didn't, I didn't ever realize that until you know, all of this happened where it's almost like a relief, like, Oh God, they didn't like me. Well, there's a reason for it. Yeah. (laughs) And, and I'm okay with that. Like I've accepted that. And, uh, so yeah, I know that was kind of a long ramble on about that, but if you can find the piece where of that story, where, you know, I, I feel like, if you've ever lived a life of feeling unloved or unwanted or even a portion of your life, hmm. like for me, that's, that's as bad as it gets, you know? Yeah. Um, and when I compare that to other things that I've experienced, it's, it's so easy. You know, oh, you're a woman in a man's world. Like, yeah, thing. nothing compared to what I have felt you know, from my own, my own family. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I mean, I can relate, you know, not to everything, but some of the things that you had mentioned as well. Uh, my, my bio father, I didn't meet him until I was probably, I think it was 29 when we, we first, we didn't really even meet, we just kind of spoke on the phone. I'm 34 mm-hmm. now, like I said, uh, so that was like a while back. But the kind of the same thing that you had mentioned, like, I never knew why I cared about public service. 
it was nothing I was ever into or had a, a desire to be a part of growing up. But then I found out from my bio father also, he's kind of like a, uh, a big wig in DC with some public service stuff. We, we won't, I won't say his name or what he's part of, but just like you were saying with your dad and fishing, it was kind of the same thing. Like, Oh, so that's probably where that came from. And yeah, I could totally relate to, like, not to the whole thing. Like you mentioned, cause man, you really did overcome a lot of stuff and my hat's off to you. You're a very strong woman. So for like, I don't, I don't know. I haven't lost the words right now, but well, I, I, I have lived a time in my life when I didn't want to live a life anymore. And so it going through that, as long as I'm pacing myself, right? So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because that's heavy stuff, it's heavy to deal with. And, and, you know, I, this isn't a comparison, right? I'm not comparing to say like, oh, well, this person's life is worse than mine. E- each person, each individual can handle their own sack of crap differently. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes it just chips away and it chips away and, and you're super strong until you get to a point where you're just like, man, like how much more are experience here? And so the, it was, I didn't have a choice. Like I had to stay right. Like for my daughter and I had to be present for the future and, and for her future and how important that is. Yeah. And, but it, but the self of just questioning your entire life, it's like an identity crisis, you know, yeah, of course it really yep. is. Uh, and and you start questioning everything and you start wondering, well, what would my life have had been like, you know, had, um, you know, or had she told somebody or, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and, and so it, for me, I had to get to a place of just being comfortable with whatever it is I, with what knowledge I had at that point and being like, okay. And then going towards boundaries or back to the boundaries. Uh, and so I, you know, with the relationships and how fast I want them to move with my new family. And, and, and I love them already. I think they're amazing. And I have a sister and she's amazing. And the weird thing is, is like, we both are like die hard into yoga. Strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which I think is like a really popular thing now, but she's into it on a very, on a very uh, deep level. And, um, and so that was nice to be able to connect with her on uh, when we first met, because what do you, what do you talk to your brand new sister about (laughs) not knowing about her for 36 years, you know, (laughs) she's, she's a lot older than I am. So, but, but when I, when I, when we talk about adversity, I just, I don't even feel it anymore because I feel like so much has been chipped away that any, anything I'm faced with is just, uh, is just another experience, you know? Yeah. And, and if it's something negative, then I just put up that boundary and I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to participate. 
and therefore it doesn't exist. Like I don't, I don't deal with it. So Casey, what inspired you, you know, uh, to start photography and can you tell us a little bit more about what you shoot? Yeah. Uh, so I think there's always been this little part of me that's been intrigued by, uh, art, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I've always been really creative. I like making stuff with my hands and, um, I've always loved pictures. Um, so I, my daughter and I lived in North Carolina on the East coast, uh, uh, surfed for, uh, quite a while, loved it on Topsail Island. And, uh, I just thought, man, these waves are beautiful. The surfers are beautiful. Like I, I need a I need to learn how to do this. And so I had had a camera for some time. I mean, I think I had already had it for like two years. Mm-hmm. I just never did anything with it. And I pulled it out and it's crazy. Like I, I look back then and I look at my progression, like I have pictures and that was back in uh, like 2020, the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. And okay. so I look back at that progression and I'm like, man, I have come a long way <laughs> uh, <laughs> because what, what I like, what I produce now, which I don't even think is that great all the time. Like sometimes I'll take an image and I'll be like, wow, that ended up coming out really good, but it takes everyone involved, right? takes the wave, the surfer, me, the lighting, all of it. Like it's all got to come together. And I think that's why I love it so much. Um, I have done portraits. Uh, They're not my, but I like them. If I'm going to shoot any sort of like a portrait or fashion, anything, I I like to do it on my terms. (laughs) And I I like to pick the subject and I like to uh, pick the location and stuff. So um, that's, you know, it's I've picked up as a hobby and I love it. I obviously love shooting sports stuff more than anything, uh, specifically surfing. Um, but, and, and I don't, I don't call myself, I'm not a professional. I'm not anything like that. I have a long way to go. Uh, and it would probably be in my best interest to invest some money into some better gear, but I never really thought I would, fall in love with it as much as I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I never really saw a future with it past, you know, just that it, it makes me excited and it makes me feel good to like, I literally race home. Sometimes I don't even make it home. Like if I'm coming back from uh Packery back to Rockport and I've got an hour ferry line, I used to like complain about having to sit there for an hour, but now I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yes. Cause I pull, I have my, all my gear with me where I can look at the pictures and edit and stuff like that while I wait. And, and like, that's my, like my little me time. That's my decompressed time. I love that time. And, uh, and I just get so stoked on the photos and, and the surfers and I can't wait to send them. And, uh, you know, and some days like today, I mean, I just wasn't feeling it. And I, I think I surf surfed out. <laughs> tired. <laughs> I've been surfing the last week, and so uh, you know we gotta get them. Get them, uh, and and I think I'm just I'm just surfed out. So, 
but yeah, so photography for me, like my camera goes everywhere with me. Um, I'm not, I'm not one to like put it around my neck while I'm walking down the street, but if I'm going to the beach, I have, I have my camera with me. So. Okay. Right on. And it, I, for one, think your stuff's pretty amazing. So just oh, throwing thanks. it out there. Just throwing yeah, it out there. And so, and so uh, that's, that's another thing that's kind of unique and cool that I've noticed about my style um, of even trying to like identify what my style is. Right. Because point you get to a point where you're like what kind of photographer am I you know what like how can I keep my style consistent where this is what I'm really good at this is what I'm really good at capturing and so for me it's it's not so much like a close-up of the surfer right like it's this big picture like I want to show what the wave is doing I want to show the ability of that surfer to read the wave to get to the point of where they're at now. And, and that is difficult to do. And it's hard to do if you don't surf, I will tell you that. But as a surfer, it's very, it's easy for me to, you know, I can, I can watch someone on a short maneuver and I'm already ready because I know exactly when that's going to happen. And because I can read it, you know, And so, but being able to show that in the photo and take these really kind of almost not pano, but just these large frames of, of what's happening is uh, that's, that's my favorite. And it's even more my favorite when they come out crisp and clean. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And I don't know, the ones that I've seen, they've always, to me, they felt just pretty much like you described as intimate and personal, like, like there is something more behind like, like what you're trying to capture what's going on with the surfer in his environment. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. Really awesome compliment. I lo- I'll take that. I love that. For sure. For sure. So going from photography and photography with surfing and, you know, you just mentioned also that you surfed in North Carolina, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of where you got the start of it all. So what, yeah, the photography, yeah. So what actually got you into surfing in the first place? And then what's your, kind of like a three-part question. What's your favorite part about it? And then, uh, of course, I got to know, what are some of your favorite places that you surf? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I've been here surfing for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved the water. So I grew up in the hill country. Uh, I I remember in high school, my friend, he was from Belgium. Actually, oh, wow. maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> I don't think we were ever boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> I think we wanted to be at one point, but he was, I was like the, I, I'm like the tomboy out of the group, right? Like I've <laughs> okay. always have been. And it sucks because I'm, I am kind of girly at heart. I like to do adventurous things outdoors. Anyways, uh, so he had a ski boat. And I, I was always invited. I grew up wakeboarding. Like even now, like I hadn't so long. I, I had never even wake surfed before. Oh, and okay. like even like back in the winter time, I was like overweight and like. But in my mind, I'm like I still shred. You know. <laughs> and so yeah. I I go up to uh, Texas Ski Ranch and I'm like 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to wake surf. I'm, I want to do everything in the water. So I grew up wakeboarding, but then I grew up down here on during the summers. And so I've always had this connection with the cheer and there's just something about it, um, that I, I just can't from, um, I've tried to live away from the ocean and it, but it doesn't work for me. Just calls um, you back. Yeah. And, it, and not <laughs> even that, but like it pulls me back. Just when I'm not here, I think about it. And then I'm ill, like mentally, physically, I'm not partaking in the things, the physical activities that those boundaries that I talked about, mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's allowing me to do that when I'm not living in the ocean. So this is just it. I will forever be on the ocean. I don't know where I'll be. But uh, there will be waves and there will be fish. <laughs> I will <All> tell right. you. <laughs> right on. Okay. Well, I guess I got to ask you this uh, question. Being a single mother and accomplishing so much that you have, what is your advice for any young people or any single parents that might need some inspiration right now? Oof. Uh this is one thing that I, 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 I can't give advice like as a, as a parent, right? Because I feel like, man, I've had so many failures. I've woken up as a parent and have felt like the biggest failure. And I have been a pushover and I have been too hard at times. And, and it's like finding that balance. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I will say that it, it, it's been a struggle for me trying to navigate, you know, cause my mom passed away before I even had my daughter. Um, and so I, I feel like a lot of learning has been just by trial and error. Right. And that's not always easy because, you know, you, you say things sometimes you don't mean, or maybe you didn't teach this lesson that should have been taught or, you know, and so I guess what I have to say is, is that, um, you, you're doing all right. If you feel that, you know, Mm -hmm. if you feel those things, um, and if, if you're questioning, if you're a good parent and if, if you see those things, you're doing fine, you know? And I know that it's hard to see that in the moment, but I wake up and I see my daughter every day and she's so smart and funny and she's got her own little personality and, (laughs) uh, and she, and I hear people say it all the time. She's just like you, even though she and I don't see it because we butt heads sometimes. I mean, she's, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh, but no, she really is just like me, (laughs) uh, or we are like each other. Um, but, uh, I, I see her and she's healthy and she's happy and she's making mistakes and she's making good decisions and bad ones. And, you know, she's experiencing all of these things that if I was perfect all the time and protected her, uh, in a way that didn't allow her to, you know, experience the world in her way, right? It's 16. Right. And that's that's a different world. We live in a different world. Like I've been there before, but like 
I'm going to be honest. I cannot relate to the 16 year old world they live in now. To the <laughs> yeah. world that I was in. It is a strange <laughs> it, place. It is. TikTok, um, everything, man. Uh, yes. Oh, wow. And then she got me on that. And I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing with my time? It has been two hours. Why am I watching these people I'm guilty. You know, do whatever it is they're doing? I don't care. You know, it's like they, they just suck you in and spit you out. But like, that's, that's the thing. So like, it was really hard for me because I want to sit here and I want to be like, you know, Penelope, no, like you need to put your phone down and get off your phone. You're rotting your brain. I tell her that all the time, but I'm like, well, Casey, maybe it's, it's, it's you. Like I'm not the one who has and, and, and healthy doses, right? Like, yeah. I don't feel like she should be on her phone 24 seven, but like, I also feel like we live in a time where like the world is progressing and the technology is so much a part of our lives that this is like, this is their life. This is what they've grown up with. They don't know anything else, you know? Yeah, it's very uh, true. And, and I, all I can do is facilitate the outdoor activities for her, which is surfing. She likes surfing a lot. Um, or, you know, whatever outdoor sports she wants to do. If she wants to go hiking, cool, let's go. Um, but... I'm, I'm typically not one that, uh, that punishes by like taking things away. And I know that's kind of frowned upon probably some <laughs> people are like, well, you're weak, but, um, but, uh, so she and I have this thing where it's like, you know, this is your choice. Like you're making a choice for yourself and yeah. a nine times out of 10, the choice she chooses that is not the one of my advice doesn't go very well <laughs> so I let her learn her her little mistakes or whatever but she's a great kid you know she's straight A's and she she works really hard and she's got a job and uh, I wouldn't trade her for the world but um, I can't tell you how many times I was worried that maybe I wasn't gonna be a good parent and um, or that I hadn't been <laughs> and uh she, uh, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful for, for, for those thoughts and feelings because I feel like they always kind of brought me back to, uh, being a better parent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of like every parent's, man, am I, being too hard or am I not being hard enough? Just like you said, am I, uh, you know, doing what I'm supposed to do? Am I doing everything right? So, yeah, completely agree. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, I look at who I was when I was a child and how my parents raised me. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not even remotely close <laughs> to what they <laughs> wanted me to be. So... <laughs> Like, not even on the same page. Uh, and so, and I feel like I turned out pretty good, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, I always say, like, I I wasn't always the best kid growing up. And I wasn't the best adult either, you know, in the past. I've made mistakes in the past, some bad ones. And, you know, the difference between me and someone else who had it rough is that I never got caught, you know? Yeah. Right, right. Um, and so I'm fortunate for that because I, you know, I feel like I've had 
uh, time to reflect. And, you know, even through my sobriety, I'm like, you know, uh, I don't drink anymore. And I is that I don't do that because I'm not a good person <laughs> when that happens. Okay. And, gotcha. Um, I get in trouble, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if I can, if I can show my daughter that experience, and uh, and keep her out of trouble, and you know, uh, where she, if she's doing bad things, uh, she recognizes those things and doesn't. Hopefully, doesn't get in trouble <laughs> or hurt anybody or herself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, live and learn. And I mean, that I guess the best thing I can do is just guide her along the way. You know, but. Uh, I think we're we're doing all right. I think a lot of parents are. It's just it's hard right now. It's it's hard in the world that we're in. So, oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. And for all y'all that are listening, see, there is the voice of wisdom right there telling you that you're doing okay. We're going through a pandemic. We're going through like a crazy time with you know inflation. There's all this stuff going on. You're doing okay, man. Everybody's listening. So, yeah, totally agree. So, Casey, I, I hate to say it, but I think our time is finally winding down. We had, like, an amazing conversation today with multiple topics. So I guess I would ask you before we get out of here is, you know, is there anything you want to plug that the listeners can go check out to learn more about you? Uh, more about me? Uh, <laughs> or any, <laughs> like anything really... at all? Like, your char- like, if they want to do, like, a charter or, or anything just in general? Uh, yeah, I mean, so um, one brand that I really want to throw out there that's been super supportive and a loving entity um, is Teja Surf. Uh, right. They're amazing. And then, um, yeah, if charters or anything, if somebody wants to learn to fly fish or go fishing, you can go to my website, which is Let's Fish. Wow, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna have to reconsider my business name. Okay, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's flatsfishtexas all spelled okay. out dot com, okay. and um, yeah, just uh, h- hang in there. You got it. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're doing all right. Everybody's doing all right. So. Right on, right on. Well, it's been a pleasure, man, having you on here. So hopefully we'll talk soon. Maybe even do Likewise. a part two. Um, very very insightful. Had a good time. Awesome. For everybody. Thank, you. Thank you for having me, really. It's been it's been awesome. Of course. I always look out for people I feel that are inspiring, and that's the people I want on the podcast, you know, just kind of spread that inspiration everywhere. So, of course, of course. Once again, thank you all for joining the Poison Culture Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Eric Rodriguez. I hope you all had a great time listening to our conversation today. And if you're interested for more episodes, like, share, and follow. We'll talk to you soon. Godspeed.